Hey there, welcome to the Coach C Podcast. This is Christine Nielsen, Contrast Results Group. I'm a speaker, an author, a coach. I have an international consulting company, and that's as much as you're going to hear about me today because it's not about me. Welcome again to our very amazing guest. I'm really excited to have Paul Kazanowski, who is a dear friend of mine, but he is also a real estate mogul, property investor, serial entrepreneur. But really what you don't know is Polly will beat you up. He's a, he's a champion boxer and he's a drummer. So whenever you get a chance to listen or hear Polly, why don't you ask about him, ask him about his secret sauce. So Paul and I met, oh my gosh, about four years ago through our mutual coach, JT Fox and the JT Fox organization. And when I met Polly, it was this instant, authentic, this guy is going to be someone that is going to be in my life. No matter, like, him and his family, they're extraordinary. We've, you know, he's met my kids. I know his wife, Becky, who's amazing. And we really wanted Polly on the Coach C Podcast reboot because Polly has been throughout this COVID period of time what an example of what you need to do to make powerful business shifts. And when things go sideways... How do you how do you write the ship? So welcome, Polly Kaznowski. Thank you for oh, being here. Thank you so much, Christine. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. And you know, it was a good introduction. When I see you next time, I gotta hand you a hundred dollar bill for that intro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's funny because I've done so much in my life. Uh, you know, not even just talking about business, because yeah. I know that's what we normally talk on, but it's funny to hear all the little things that I've done. But it's been a long life, man. I'm in my 50s now. I'm getting old. Sure, Polly. <laughs> You're really not. Uh, you are. You have more energy than some of the 20-year-olds that I know. And really, Polly, so you're currently, you're you're in Nashville, you're in Tennessee, and we're in the middle of COVID, and we're in the middle of what one could call a civil uprising in yes. the United States. And it's been, you know, one, a really challenging time, not only with the pandemic, but it's also been a challenging and I think very confusing time for people. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you about in this Reboot podcast is, you know, how are you seeing... You know, what are you doing specifically and what are you seeing in terms of the business and the leadership that you're providing for in, for your properties, for your customers? Because I know you really take care of your customers and I know you've been doing a lot of coaching in real estate. So what are maybe the three elements that you're seeing that are showing up that are causing maybe the most challenges for people? If you can uh, I, I think the down. uncertainty is number one. Everybody's uncertain. They're scared. You know, they don't know e even if they're going to have a job or even go back to the business that they once knew. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think they're, they're a little bit apprehensive. As far as our business, I mean, I always push through. Uh, and, again, we're an essential business. We're in construction, yeah. real estate. Those type of things. But I always talked about this, you know, coming up in the business world is you have to be diversified. And what I mean by that is you have to have different streams of income. And, you know, being coached and having that blueprint, uh, I, I kind of 
always looked at business that way. Yeah. And I've always been somebody that can really do a lot of things at, at one time, multiple times. And I think a lot of people with their uncertainty is because they've been just in one, one kind of, uh, uh, for the lack of a better word, one, one type of business and they only have one stream of income. Yeah. And so I think that uncertainty. And then of course, you know, they didn't save. They over leveraged. A lot yeah. of people over leveraged. Now they're starting to see that they're losing their houses and they don't, you know, they can't pay. They're falling behind. And, you know, most people, they live really paycheck to paycheck or they live monthly yes. and they didn't think about the, the future. So I see that happening. And then, of course, the workers in their business, let's say they own a business, the workers sometimes had it. They had to let them uh, stay at home and there's no kind of like that human element is gone, yeah. you know, in the workplace. So I think they're, they're not in control anymore. So that's causing a big problem too. You've touched on, you've touched on some like three really important pieces here. Actually, probably six to eight, but let's just, you know, I want to unpack a couple. And, and the first one that you said was heightened levels of uncertainty. And yeah. People respond differently to uncertainty. Um, some people dig in really hard and they work harder. Some people work smarter. They look at what are the pivots that I need to make for my own business. And I know in your business, you've been working probably harder than ever, just mm -hmm. making sure that you know things are going in the direction that you want them to. What are some of the things that you've shifted, though, or that you've pivoted on? So how have you worked differently during this period of time? than maybe in the past? Well, I mean, in the past, it was all like I would make, I would make all my deals face to face. Right. I go see the people that are losing their house yep. face to face. Now we have Zoom. Not that we didn't have Zoom before, but yeah. we're using Zoom a lot more, on the phones a lot more. So I, I, yep. I had to pivot that way. And, and more importantly, the people that work for me, I had to show them that, like, I'm not going to take the time off. Right. And they were, they were uncertain when, especially when this first happened, yeah. they were like, are we even going to have a job? Is, is Polly going to slow down? Is he going to still take side work? You know, because I also do kitchen remodels, bathrooms, yes. things like that, decks, roofs. And so they were worried because, like, our people are going to allow us in their house. And I think by being a, a, a very kind of aggressive business guy, I just brought the aggression up even more. And I said, look, I'm not going to take a, right. a backseat to anything. I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing to show all the people that work for me uh, that I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a backseat to this pandemic. I I'm love that. Harder. I love, I'm, I love this. Like you took a stand and you said, I'm not taking a backseat to this pandemic. You'll figure it out with your team. And I know, you know, we're friends. So I know a little bit, sometimes technology can be challenging for you. Right? It What's it, it been it, like it, having to go to zoom, right? Yes. Cause you're a relationship guy. Like many people are related face to face. It's, it's getting, sitting down, breaking bread with people, having a coffee and really creating a relationship. So what's it been like for you to have to go to Zoom? And how have you been able to create that? It sounds like this. It sounds like this. Honey, can you help me with this, please? And then she comes and helps me. But I'm learning. And, you know, sometimes 
when something tragic happens, mm. you that's when you start learning different things. And and I always seem to resist computers and reading and all this stuff because, as you know, I, I was dyslexic as a kid, so I, I resisted that. But now I'm actually welcoming it. I'm getting better at it. And, you know, it's funny because at times I still posted during the pandemic some yes. positive stuff, houses that I was doing you know, deals that I was doing. And I got a lot of flack for that. Wow. I got people personally uh, attacking me uh, and then even saying, hey, we got people dying here in, in Europe and you're still going full bore ahead and not not kind of, uh, uh, you know, being sympathetic in, in, in a way. But I don't think people understood what I was trying to do. Believe me, I would I would keep everybody home if it meant to save everybody mm-hmm. and not have somebody pass away. I, you know me, my yeah. heart's big. I'm a, a my heart and my soul. Like I help people. Right. That's my that's my whole brand. But the thing is, is I knew that I I was going to touch people, and especially for the people that thought like tomorrow wasn't going to come and it wasn't going to end. Yeah. And I just wanted them to see that you can still pivot and do and be positive in the worst time of, yeah. of our history. Yeah. You know, and I know like some people probably judge me and that's okay because I care about the people that work for me and I know they have families and they, they become my family and I love my guys yeah. that work for me and, and the people that work for me. So I, I was like, you know, I was willing to take people being negative or pointing their finger at me. I was willing to do it because that's what a true leader does. Yeah. He makes decisions when it's not always popular and I was willing to do that. And I think it's a, it's very exemplary because people are always going to have opinions. Sure. People will have opinions no matter what you do and you will never please everybody. But the the reality is when you say, you know, when I can't believe that anybody would think that you're not being sympathetic, given during this particular period of time during COVID, you're, you had a personal family issue. Your mom was in, uh, is in a, in elder care in, 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 yes. in Ontario and Ontario had some serious problems and you had to really quickly get her out of that home. And thankfully she's, she's recovering. Yes. Uh. She's recovering, and actually, my sister, we as a family, uh, and my mom can't walk or talk because right. she had a stroke many years ago, five, five and a half, six years ago, and uh, and so we put her in there, and we paid extra, and it was supposedly was a great place, and then they didn't take care of the elder, so now you know we're getting nurses, and we're gonna right. have her live with my sister. And my sister's taking on that role and, you know, she's a champion for doing it. And, you know, as a family, sometimes you got to pivot. That's one of the pivots. We talk about making the hard choices. And this was partly that. I lost one of my painters to COVID. He passed away just last week. He was a, a friend of mine. I remember buying him a truck for Christmas and him crying at my house here that I'm sitting in. And we became family. He he yeah. was the guy who never said no. His name was Ali Bordas. Wow. And Ali I'm was sure. just such a good person. And then, you know, I just it's it's hit us. Yeah. But you know, hard times hit a lot of people and you have to pull pull through. Now I'm helping his wife. I'm helping his family because yeah. that's what a good uh 
former boss does. That's what you a leader does. And, you know, he was a great he was a great guy in my business, and now you know I'm going to help his family yeah. and make and sure you, that his kids are fine. To put that into context, I think it's really important because when people attack other people online socially because they see a photo or they see something, you don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. People no. take small snapshots in time, and then we make judgments and assessments, and we make meaning out of that, and then it becomes the truth or real. And you really want to dispel that because I'm, you know, that that someone would attack you online for, you know, ensuring that we're thriving in uncertain times, for providing leadership challenges, for for pushing the status quo. Listen, we need more leadership right now. We need less judgment, less opinion, and more leadership. And when we take things out of context, it's just so easy to sit in the box of our homes and in our little offices or wherever we are and judge others. So before you, I, I think before we hit that, you know, negativity comment, stop and think about what is the intention, what's the context that this person's trying to create. And I really think that's important because I know you also as a leader for your clients and for your coaching clients, because not only do you do real estate, you invest in property, you have teams of guys that are working and that, you know, are working safely. And you're also coaching people who want to, you talked about diversifying their income. So a lot of people right now are looking to real estate as a way to diversify their income. Because one of the first things we talked about was you know, making pivots and supporting people. So you said you're doing a lot more coaching on getting people into real estate investment. Tell us a little bit more about that pivot for you. I know you well, were doing it that, before, but now you're doing a lot yeah. more. Yeah, that pivot is uh, all to JT Fox, my coach, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I remember when I met him nine and a half years ago, he said, one day you're going to be a coach and a speaker and all that. And at that time, it didn't resonate with me. I was just a business guy trying to be better at business. Right. And, uh, and you know, I, I really dug in, even with this pandemic, I dug in and I said, you know, I'm going to get on Millionaire Flicks every day. I'm going to study. I'm going to, I'm going to be better. And, you know, I think JT, um, saw a lot of that and, you know, he saw a lot in me and he wanted me to start coaching. And I said, yes. And I think a lot of people don't say yes enough. They're scared. And it wasn't that I was ever scared to coach. Obviously, I know my craft. I've been doing it a long time. I've done over 500 real estate deals, true and documented, not some guy on stage being a fregazi talking how he did deals. I actually did the deals and I got documentation. But I just didn't know if I, you know, I was, I was the right person for that person that wanted to learn. And, you know, it's been such an unbelievable experience. And, you know, JT attracts some of the best people. I mean, think about it. That's how we met. Yes. I get to have you in my life, too. And you're such an awesome person. And I know your story and how you worked hard to get to where you are. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people look at us and think, like, it must be easy. They make money or whatever. They don't <laughs> see the hardships. And I think that's why I do well at coaching because I'm so authentic and honest with my students and I love them. I want them to yeah. succeed for real. Like, you know, sometimes they pay for a half an hour and I give them an hour and a half because I want to give them all. And I don't care. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love of wanting them to succeed. Yes. You know, I, I remember one girl that I, uh, 
was coaching just, just last week. And she was awesome. She has such a great uh, attitude. Her name is Amanda. And I was like, I didn't care. I stayed on the phone. I stayed on the Zoom call, sorry, for uh, probably over two and a half hours. And I gave her so much. And yes. she then wanted more coaching. Yeah. So a lot of people approach coaching in a different way. I think that's my approach. It might be kind of crazy to be that way. But I think it's working, and I'm I'm enjoying doing it. Yeah. You know, I've been a coach for a really long time. And I also have the opportunity. I coach many of JT's clients as well. On You know, yes, I have my own business, but I do coach his clients as well, like you, in business and developing their businesses. And exactly what you just said, you know, when the, I don't look at the clock. And even yesterday, people, someone booked half an hour of my time, and it was a two-hour conversation. And yeah. I knew it would be. Right. Yeah. So fortunately, there was space in the calendar. But yeah. um, I think it's that giving and that authenticity and knowing you're going to do whatever it takes for your clients and to help people be successful. That is probably for you and, and maybe even for me to a degree. What is at the heart of our authenticity? You know, understanding that you're giving it all. You're going above and beyond because it's about that person winning. It's about them. It's not about us. And you mentioned Never about us. and you Never. mentioned it's not. Like I I disappear. Like I'm really good at being in the background, being like pushing other people forward. You mentioned yeah. a lot of Fugazi. And there's a lot of talk in real estate in the markets. And I see some of this 10x stuff and all this other stuff on stages and people kind of you know, wearing the Rolexes. And yeah, you have a beautiful watch, but you don't flaunt it. <laughs> you do have a beautiful watch. But, you know, I like diamonds. Okay? <laughs> That's my thing. I'm a diamond person. Diamonds are a, a, a woman's best friend. <laughs> That's right. They are my best friend. But, yeah. you know, I think the difference is, you know, that authenticity and that, you know, true vulnerability with your clients and being able to show that you've done the business, you've had the experiences that sets you apart from a lot of these people that are, you know, having, you can have amazing click funnels and marketing and all of this stuff and sell people thousand dollar programs that don't actually get them the result. Right. So I think the difference is in the results that you're producing. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the wins for your clients or what you have in terms of results? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually seeing people get their first deal. Yeah. I'm seeing people expand their business in a short period of time because, like, I'm willing to get on the phone with my client's potential uh, customer. You yeah. know, I'm like, here, put them on the phone. Give me their number. I'll call them on the Zoom call and you'll see how to talk to them the right way yeah. and what to really say and how to pause and let them talk and all those things. So it, it's just been it's been very eye-opening for me that how much I do know my craft. And, you know, once you start coaching, so, like I remember when I, when I was a boxer and I played drums and stuff, and I would coach other boxers and, and I would coach other drummers and stuff. I would, I would teach them drumming. And it was amazing how much I would remember. And it would, it would make me focus as I was coaching people. Yeah. So it's the same thing with business. 
And I notice you do that with your clients. You're very intuitive with people. Sometimes I, you know, I call you and say, hey, why is this personality like this? You know exactly <laughs> why. Because you know your crap. You've yeah. been doing this for so many years. And I think that's what's uh, been really rewarding for me is that I'm seeing victory. I'm seeing results. And it's not, like you said, it's never about me. I'm very... Like, by nature, I've always been a humble kid. I come from nothing. You know, I, we were very poor, uh, single mom, all that stuff. And I always vowed to myself, like, I knew I would do something in my life, whether it be an athlete or a musician. I didn't know business, but uh, eventually I realized, wait a minute, I could do business too. And I became pretty successful in business. But I've never, ever let it go to my head. Mm -hmm. I always remember where I come from. And so that's why I feel like I could grab these type of people that are struggling or maybe afraid. And I can make them see that anybody can do it. And yeah. if I can certainly do it, I'm just a regular person. Um, then anybody could do it. And, and I think when you stay humble like that. It shows them that they can do it, and it, it gives them that. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to correct you on something. I know you I'm are not, not just a regular person. Well, you that's true too. You that's are not. You I are have, an extraordinary person. I've done a lot yeah, in my life, but you have. Even when I was a boxer. I was a pro fighter and kickboxer and all that. And people after my fights, and for that night, I was like the star guy, right? right? And they would want to take my take picture with me or whatever, or not even. And it's funny because I was so loving to everyone. Yeah. Like I never had an attitude. Even the guy I just beat up or he beat me up, <laughs> I still told the guy, "I love you, bro." That was yeah. a good fight, you know. Yeah. I never had that attitude uh, when I was on stage playing drums. Uh, I, people wanted to take pictures, whatever, after the show. I never had an attitude. And right now, being a real estate entrepreneur and sometimes speaking, like I've spoke on ten, on a stage in front of 10,000 people with you yes. in Toronto. Yes. And, you know, it's just humbling. I, I didn't get off there thinking, you know, I was some cool cat or something. No. I just I, I just wanted to share my story. That's it. And, and, and it's an extraordinary story. And I think a lot of people as our listeners are listening to this, need to understand a couple of things. You know, we're always one thought away from a different life. Yeah. One thought. And I call that the thought that makes the difference between being a victim of your life and being thriving and being a leader in your life. And that one thought, and you, you, you do come from humble beginnings, and you could have gone down a very different pathway in your childhood. In your youth, you, you grew up in a very tough neighborhood, you you were surrounded by people who you were watching go down diff very bad pathways. They were not yes. going to be successful in life. And those thoughts, you chose something different for yourself. And yeah. right now, during this period of time, I think our listeners and the people that are listening to this want to hear your story from the perspective of not the past, but even during this time, the thought process of, I am going for it. I am not going to roll over to this pandemic. I am going to be the leader that I need to be. I'm going to make the pivots that I make. You you could have just as easily sat on the couch in your home. You have a beautiful home, hung out with your kids, hung out with your wife, net, watched broke flicks, as JT calls it. You, know, yeah. you could have done all of those things and not worried about all of the people that worked for you or all of the people that are losing their houses. 
you didn't choose that. You didn't become a victim of the pandemic, where a lot of people have become victims of their circumstances right now. What do you say to that? Well, you know, I, I go back to when I was a kid. I could have said yes to drugs. Uh, most yeah. of my friends got into drugs and alcohol and all that. I never took a sip of alcohol. I've never smoked. I never gambled. I never did drugs. And I, I, I think that's that's the same approach I take now yeah. as a as a older guy in business. I was refusing to to let somebody tell me I couldn't do it. And yeah. I think I could have stayed home. And you know, I made passive income. I yeah. have a lot of rental properties need to work. that I, I don't really need to to work. And, and that's not I'm not saying that as a cocky person. It's just true. I have money. I've been doing this for a long time. And I could have taken the time off. But I cared about the people that worked for me. I cared about the people that needed me. Uh, that right now is the worst time for them. They're losing their houses. They need somebody to buy it for cash. And I wanted to just keep going. And I plug, I actually plugged myself in even more. I listened to Millionaire Flicks more. I listen to JT more. I, I think this is the time people needed coaching more. Yeah. That's why you're so busy. That's <laughs> yes. why I'm so busy. Yeah. It, and, and, and needless to say, JT's busy because of those things. And, and I guess a true leader, you know, becomes rich or wealthy because he was a leader as a kid. Yeah. And I had that mentality back then. I didn't choose to say, I grew up here, so I'm just going to be a loser and I'm never going to win in life. And I think that's, it, it started there with the discipline. And, you know, there was a lot of times I didn't want to go to the gym. I'll be the first to admit. But you know what? I got up and I went. And there's yeah. a lot of times I think you sometimes might not feel like coaching a student that's not been doing what you've been telling them right. to but you still do it because that's what got you to success. Yeah. And I think that's why we were able to come through this pandemic, although it's not over, but yeah. we, we are coming more and more, you know, less and less cases. So we still have to practice social distancing, but at the same time, like it's time to refocus if you weren't and listen to this podcast because you missed out on three months that you could have done yeah. more and pivot and, and get different streams of income. I mean, I'm now coaching because of this pandemic and because of JT saying yeah. it's time for you to do it. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, you, you touched on a couple other things. The diversity of income is absolutely important. And if you haven't figured out a new stream of income or a new revenue source for you, then you have... The, uh, you know, don't beat yourself up over the last 12 weeks, but look for what's next. Okay. Yeah. So get that coach, figure out if it's diversifying into real estate, if it's property investment, if it's coaching, if it's whatever your thing is as a business leader, what are you doing to help build yourself into your what's next? And it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It matters what you do today and, and going forward. Yeah. I think that's really important because you don't look in the past. You are constantly someone who is striving for uh, bettering yourself, looking at how can you take on what's next. And you do it so passionately. I think one of the things a lot of people think is that they have to have an inherent passion about life, right? To really yeah. drive in life. You have to have some inherent passion. 
And sometimes you have to act your way into that passion because I know there are probably a lot of days where you don't feel like it. You don't want to. And, you know, many people would just succumb to the thoughts and the emotional response to, I don't feel like it. I feel sad. I feel confused. I feel angry, whatever. You don't. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the the reason why you get to where you are is from the actions you take. So I don't, you know, I don't let anything hold me back. And there's a lot of days, you're right, I don't feel like getting up and dealing with people's negativities, sometimes people not showing up, contractors, subcontractors, things like that. You know, people trying to rip you off. I mean, when you own a business, sometimes that will happen. Yes. But you know what? It I, it all boils down to why I got to where I am. Because I remember when I was a nine-year-old kid, you know, all my friends were playing, having fun, and I was sweating in the gym. Uh, as I got older in my teens, uh, on a Friday night, all my friends be out, you know, chasing girls and having fun. And I was in the gym sweating. And, and I remember even thinking, like, at, at times, quite honestly, it's, I'd be, like, throwing punches on the bag or sparring or whatever. And I'd be like, why am I here? And then something would click. It's just this switch that's in all of us. Yes. But can you tap into that switch? Yes. And I think I still have that switch. And so I tap into that switch when I say I don't feel like going out there or getting on the phones and getting cursed at and hung up on. Um, and I, there's this switch in me. You know, I remember being a fighter and, and fighting really skilled fighters, guys that were, they trained. They weren't some tough kid on the street. There's right. levels to fighting. Like most most guys on the street cannot beat me, even in my 50s, because I'm a skilled craft fighter. Like, you're not going to be able to land something on me, and I'm definitely going to land on you. But the truth of the matter is, is like, sometimes in my head, even in a fight with a skilled fighter in the ring, I would say all I have to do right now is get knocked out and then or act like I got knocked out, and all the pain would end. Yeah. Would end. I, I, and nobody would ever fault me for that. Right. Because you can easily act as if you can't go on and got knocked out. But there's this switch that happens. Did, did it ever enter my mind? Of course it does. It enters all of our minds yes. for every aspect of our lives. Yeah. But I remember that it, once soon as it entered my mind, that switch would turn on and my pride would come in. And when my pride came in, I would not allow that. So I think that's where the fire comes from. That's so important. Um, I, we saw your son, uh, in the background, he having having his breakfast. Yeah. And you know, you and I were raising teenagers, right? So we both have teenage boy. Well, I have one teenage boy and a teenage daughter and a seven year old and and you have your boys. And right now, you know, we, as a parent, I am not equipped to raise a teenager inside of such heightened levels of confusion and uncertainty. Yes. Let's talk about that because I think one of the things we're not talking about from that perspective is how do you continue to build certainty and, you know, they're online learning right now. They're not going to school. They're not with their friends. They're not playing bat. Your guys are basketball and football. They're not playing my minor hockey and dance and rugby. They're not in their community. They're not yeah. with those, their friends. So 
What are you doing to support them to keep that passion and that future in front of them that allows them to really connect that? Or are they? Or are you struggling with that? I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I think I think every parent right now is going to struggle with that. I mean, we did we're we are going to football camp for Brian. He's he's the tall football yeah. player in the, in the uh, family. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he I made him work out outside in the backyard every day, right? Every day, and like yes, do they like to play their games on the computer? Absolutely. But I was like, get in the gym. I have a gym in our house. Yeah. And it's not what you tell your kids. It's what they see you do. Yeah. So if you're going to be lazy, be on the couch or whatever, they're going to be lazy. But if you get up, you work out, you do the necessary things. I told them this is a great time to really focus on your diet because this year has to be a good year for you if you want colleges to start looking at you or paying attention. And so – Lo and behold, I even hired a private um, a private coach right. for him because you know, like when you coach your own kids, and you know this, Christine, they don't it's hard to coach your own kids. You know, I, I remember with my oldest son, he was a three time national champ in, in in martial arts, and it was hard for me to coach because he wears my last name on his back of the shirt, and so like it's hard. It's I, I had no patience. Yeah. And so it's sometimes better to hire a coach. It's like hiring a coach for business. Yeah. Same thing. So I think that's what's been going on. Uh, you know, uh, Jack, you know, he had a goal to actually trim down. And he really took this time to train. He walks. He, he listens to his motivational stuff because yeah. that's what we do. He listens to Coach C, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he lost like 30 – 30, 34 pounds, wow. he lost 34 pounds eating better and so on. So they took this opportunity yeah. to, and they also see like how I interact with their mom, yeah. you know, and, and how we interact. And I think when kids see a well-established household yeah. and leadership in the household and there's rules, but they're not rules where with yelling and iron fists. Yeah. There are rules with love and and affection. Yeah. And when they see that and they see those kind of things, I think you could get past this this hard time for yeah. all of them. But of course it's it's tough, you know. I mean, they've been laying around a little more sometimes yeah. playing their games and yeah. you know, when, when I'm out working, like I can't see them playing games all day too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I mean, you remove the social elements and sometimes they're playing games with their friends. So that's their interaction sure. with, with their that friends too. That is their too. interaction so with that. Yeah. And they have the Zoom too. They've been talking to their closest friends and yeah. they're getting geared up for, you know, football season and lacrosse. Oh, that's you know, good. Uh, we're not, we have... I have like the basketball hoop down here. Sometimes the old guy goes down there and shows them <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You're schooling them. That's pretty cool. Little school yeah. kids. Yeah, I love that. I think that for us, some of the bigger challenges with competitive, you know, my daughter's in competitive dance, and they were doing a lot of online training, and and it was very hard for her to stay engaged. And I can't say that she has. And uh, so she's been really challenged by those things. And I'm trying to learn and navigate, you know, how to, you know, powerfully lead her. At the same time, she can't hear me. I'm her mom. I'm not her coach, 
right? So there was that balance. And it's funny because they've each taken up different things. So Sydney's really diving into baking right now. Like my, my daughter, she's, she, but we're all getting fat because she's baking these amazing things. Right. And, um, and then, uh, Blake's actually taken up music. So he's really working on the notes and the piano. He's been on the piano every day and really learning how to create beats. I played that piano. I know you played the piano. So I thought you'd be interested to see that because they're shifting gears from someone who's exceptional. They're both very athletic, the older two. And then, you know, Chase is just Chase. He's like doing his thing, right? So that one's, Chase is easier. He's seven. um, And so keeping him kind of going, he doesn't love online learning though. So going forward and looking at, you know, we're not going back to camp. So there isn't any hockey camp. There isn't any dance, you know, the dance is not available. So it's hard to, you know, motivate people and show them a future when it is this uncertain. So whether it's in business, whether it's in parenting, whatever you're doing, we have to create that new level of what we call reinvention. Because as a coach, our job is constantly pushing forward and going, what are you reinventing? What is next? And getting them driving forward. So what's your next, Polly? What's next? Uh, well, you know, obviously I'm, I'm growing the coaching uh, right now. It's just, uh, you know, really snowballing. I mean, you can yeah. hear it in my voice. I know, and, you're losing, I, we're going to have to chat offline. I'm going to give you I'm some techniques on that. That's next. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm moving into doing more apartment buildings because JT now is inserting himself back in the property. And then, of course, we started partnering up on doing bigger deals and, yes. you know, and, 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 you know, I remember years ago him saying that we're going to do this, but he was always on the road. He was on, on stages all over the world. And now he just had more time to, to really focus on this. So I think that's my next, yeah. I guess, thing, like the next level, so to speak, is to go from single family home flips to maybe flipping more buildings and things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that when, you know, uncertainties, and of course this was for me too, just like everybody listening. And, you know, I have to get back in shape myself. Not that I say back in shape, I, you know, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, but I want to get back in better shape. How yeah. about that? Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think that's, that's something in the health department. Um, not that I eat bad, but sometimes I eat a little too much when I'm stressed, you know, plus your daughter's doing baking. If I was over there, I'd be sampling her baking. You know Every, I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. 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 So I don't the eating for me. I'm actually, I've been in my office and some, there are days where she'll come in at four o'clock in the afternoon and she'll say, have you eaten today? And I'm like, not yet. And she'll like bring me food, which is amazing. So it's, they're stepping up to the leadership challenge. On the health issues, you know, I'm up at 5, 8, 5, 5.30 a.m., just like you are. And, but I've noticed that because I'm sitting more in my office, I'm not as active. And I do notice it. And that is a challenge for me. So I'm, I'm structuring my days where I force myself to go for a quick run in the middle of the day, walk the dog a little faster, like throw my running shoes on and just go and then come back and, and do the work. So I think it's important to put structures if you want something bad enough. You have to put structures in place so that regardless of how you feel, you'll make it happen. If you commit to it, you'll make it happen. 
And like you with the gym and the discipline, you learn those skills of discipline very early on. For someone who's looking at getting into property or diversifying so that they have other streams of revenue, where do they start, Polly? How do they start? Uh, the, the number one, number one place is get at least a mentor or a coach and, and, and understand the craft of how to buy. Because yeah. when you buy the house is when you make the money or buy the building or office building or whatever yeah. you want to get into. I, I tell people don't start with something that you can't handle. Don't over leverage. Be conservative. You know, you see a lot of this stuff on social media you brought up earlier. And a lot of people talk about, you know, I made a million dollars in six months doing my, you know, my first real estate deal. It's all BS. It's not real. And, yeah. and I think that's the disservice a lot of those people do because it is a long journey and business is a long journey. So I would, I would have the good team around you, good real estate agents, good closing attorneys, good uh, contractors because you're going to need them to yeah. fix things and a great money person because a lot of times when you first get into this business, it takes a, a great amount of money to do this. So you don't necessarily have to have the money, but you have to know or know of somebody, other people's money. Yeah. So that's where I would start. And that that's, um, I think the good deals are going to start coming. A lot of people out of work, unemployment at an all-time high. And I think a lot of people are going to start uh, losing or falling behind yeah. on their payments. Um, and it, it's, it now is the time to really learn so you could jump in just like 2008, 9, 10, and 11 yeah. when I started. And I was just, uh, I was mopping it up early because there was an abundance of deals. Yeah. And I love that you use the word abundance because so many people are living in scarcity yes. right now. And I think if you have an abundant mentality, you'll figure it out. You, you just said you don't necessarily have to have all of the money. But you do need to know someone or at least have the right coaching and the right mentorship so that you can figure out the strategies that are going to be the right strategy to fit you, right? So yes. start, starting now. Um, what would you tell yourself, your 25-year-old self, now that you're you know, 49 again, what would you tell your 25-year-old self something that what you've learned through this last you know, several years of your life and decades of your life, what would you say to that, that guy? Um, what advice you know, would you give I, I would say don't, don't rush everything. Don't want it all now. Mm. You know, it takes time to, to marinate, to learn your craft. And, you know, I remember when I was young, I just wanted it all. And, you know, I wanted all those fancy things that, you know, nobody in my neighborhood ever had. And I, I thought like that would make, that would make me happy. Like if I just got this amount and had this, and in all actuality, I would go back and say, hey, learn your craft better. Slow it down. Understand it. Don't make like hasty moves when you don't know what you're doing because that's when you can really get decapitated, so to speak. And um, that's, you know, th yeah. that's what I would tell myself. And yeah, I love of that. Of course, being 52 years old, now, you know, looking, looking back to that 25-year-old kid, um, you know, I can understand why he was like that, but I, I would say use this more than, than not be uh, so impatient. 
No. Yeah, impatience. I love that. Considering you can still be impatient sometimes. I'm still impatient. Yes. <laughs> so am I. I want it all yesterday. But yeah, actually, I, I live my life from the perspective of I have it all. Every yeah. day, this is it. This my is my mind life. is an abundant mind. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't sweat nickels and quarters. Yeah, I don't. You know, I see people so hang on to stress, so tight and scared to. I don't live that way, but I'm very conservative. But I don't, I don't sweat the small things, you know. Yeah. And I think when we're young, we do that. Yeah. But now I don't. Polly, I am so grateful that you took the time to chat with me today, and it's always just such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you again for being on the Coach C podcast and sharing your experiences as well as your, you know, your enthusiasm for creating and, you know, what's next and thriving. And I think that's really critical. And I think anybody who's listening to the podcast today or watching us on the YouTube channel, I think it's really important that people understand that you can have what you want, but it takes, you know, discipline. It takes a a certain amount of thriving. It takes that willingness to learn and not having to have it all figured out. How do people reach you, Polly? How do we, uh, if, if someone's interested in getting into real estate coaching or investing, what What's the, the place that uh, they can yeah, find Yeah, like I'm on all social media, like okay. Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. That's how most people find me. Okay. And uh, I'm usually, I'm more of a Facebook guy because that's yeah. kind of old school. I'm starting to get more into the Instagram because I've noticed that that's a good platform. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Facebook, Facebook me, friend me. Okay, Kazanowski. I'll, I'll put it in I'll the link. behind you to make sure you're a real profile. Exactly, yes, a thousand percent. Uh, and you can also reach Paul through looking through my social media. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you'll find Polly uh, on my social media as well. And uh, Polly, thank you so much for being on the show today. And just keep making the difference in the impact that you're making. Those of you who are watching the Coach C, uh, this is the Daily C on the on YouTube, and this is the Coach C podcast. Please follow us, like us. We're available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. It's the Coach C podcast reboot. And if you're looking for me on social media, you'll find me on Christine Nielsen, spelled the Danish way, N-I-E-L-S-E-N. ContrastResultsGroup.com is our URL. And uh, look for me on Coach C Official on Instagram. That's probably the best way to find it because you can spell it. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your day.